well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. You all all right? Okay, that's good. We've been talking about the family, and really the family of God in relation to God as being father. It's really all anchored around God as being father. And today's theme is the family business. What is the family business? If you've said you're yes to Jesus, then there is, there is a moment, there is a something that happens. We are translated, transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Actually, what happens at the moment we say yes to him, actually we die and we are born again. We are recreated in a moment. It's a spiritual thing that can't actually be seen, kind of. But, I mean, that's when people then figuratively work that out in baptism. It's about going under the water and celebrating coming back up to new life. So if you are in that family, if you feel part of that family, if at some point you have said that, and to be honest, even if you haven't, I'm going to tell you about it, we have the family business. What is it we're supposed to spend our time doing? I think it would be fair to say that if people who don't, aren't in any way involved in a church at all, and they are not in any kind of relationship with God, I think it would be fair to say that if those people looked in at a church, they would be very, very confused as to what on earth we are supposed to be doing. I think they really would be utterly lost. So suggestions I've had are things like, well, you're the people that go to church every Sunday. You're the people that have to behave yourselves. You're the people who have to lead a Christian life. Oh, I love that one. I love it when people say that one. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, you have to be good all the time. What do you mean by good? Oh, I was just talking. No, 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 I'm interested. What do you mean? Anyway. Um, and also, obviously, we are generous people. I mean, we pop at least a quid in the pot when, we, when it goes past, right? So what is this family business? What is it we're supposed to spend our time doing day after day after day after day? I'm telling you this. I'm kind of telling you the end and then we'll get to the end. You know, lots of films are doing that these days. I've noticed they, they kind of tell you pretty much the end of the film, and then it says, six months earlier. Um, well, this will be like 25 minutes earlier, so don't panic. But the point is this. This morning, I specifically said to God, what is it you want to do this morning? I know what the theme is, and I said to God, I've got so many ideas I could talk about it. This way, this way, this way, this way. So many different angles I could come from. I said, Father, what is it you want to do? And he said, I want to unlock some dreams. That's what he wants to do this morning. He's going to unlock some dreams. So I am going to help and see if I can help turn this key. So what are we supposed to spend our lives doing? It's a pretty valid question. What should people see if they look into, uh, in, into church, if you could even look into church? I've got a few verses, and it's none of these. As in... It is these, but these aren't the ones we're going to focus on. So you've got this one in John, uh, the book of John, which is one of the books that tells us about the life of Jesus. John chapter 6, the disciples, they were all confused. Um, and Jesus said, oh, stop working for bread that perishes. You need to be working for the, I'm the bread of life. Um, and you need, to be, um, you need to be investing in me. So they said, well, what, what, what is the work? What should we do if we want to do God's work? And Jesus said, well, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. 
Oh, well, I believe in God. No, 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 it, uh, that's not what the word believing means. It's not like believing in fairies. Believing means you cleave to, trust, rely on and have faith in. So Jesus is asked, what is it we're supposed to do? So I'm, I'm giving you some answers here. This is to you now. I'm giving you some answers. You're supposed to cleave to, trust, rely on and have faith in Jesus. So that's a good starting point, right? Then there's this one. This is at the very end of Matthew, one of the other four Gospels, the books that tell us about Jesus. Right at the very end, Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's another thing. It was the Great Commission, it's often called. That tied in with another book. I'll read that in a sec. So this is another thing we're supposed to be doing. The disciples, Jesus was just about to leave earth and go back up to heaven. And essentially he said, this is what you're supposed to spend your time doing. Go into all the nations. Go on a Sunday morning and sit there. Oh no, go into all the nations. Make disciples. In other words, show them just how amazing I am. They will want to follow They will want to respond to my love if you could just show them what my love looks like. Which links beautifully into John chapter 14. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, said Jesus. How can you say to me, Philip, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? At the Vineyard National Leaders Conference this week, one of the people who was speaking said, one of our main roles is to be an image bearer of Father God, of God. People are meant to look in our eyes and see him. We bear his image. That's one of our responsibilities. It's one of our jobs. I mean, is it it a job? I don't know. We're supposed to have our father's eyes. There's something about you. You're different. I I I see something in you. Someone in you? Yeah, let me tell you about that. Honestly, we should be, we should look very different to people who don't know Jesus. We have the hope of all nations living on the inside of us, if, you, if we've said yes. I mean, that surely should make us look different, right? Here's another one, Mark, at the end of Book of Mark. As you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptised will be saved. Whoever doesn't believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. Let me just check that. These miracle signs might accompany, no, no, these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons. Hey gang, I'm your demon driving out this last week. It's going all right, is it good? Excellent, so please. They will speak in tongues. They'll be supernaturally protected from snakes, random, and from drinking anything poisonous. Now you do have some people who do daft things, some of these weird sects and things and cults that spring up in America where they say, oh, look at me, I can drink bleach because Jesus is going to protect me. Uh, Yeah, funny enough, it doesn't work out so well. Um, And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. Ooh, exciting. This is giving me some ideas of what we can be doing this week. Here's another one. Jesus said this. He's speaking to his disciples, which effectively could then bounce on and be for us. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen you and commissioned you to go into the world and bear fruit. So you're supposed to be bearing fruit. Truth is, we're all bearing fruit. My question to you is, what fruit are you bearing? Can you tell me about the adventures of God in the last week? 
Or can you tell me about the latest series on Netflix that you've been binge watching? I don't know. So it's all of these and more and many, many more things. But actually, the one we want to focus on this morning is this. Jesus said this, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. That's what's written on our signs everywhere you see. Asher Vineyard, you see, bringing life to Ashford. This life, I have come to give you everything in abundance, way more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. We got this good friend, Nick and I, and he said to us earlier in the week, in passing, but he said, in, 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 in reference to this, life in all its fullness until you overflow, he said, you can never trust God to pour the cream. Isn't that lovely? Just in those few words, it's like, yeah, that's Papa. That's Father God. That's what he's like. You can never trust God to pour the cream. I'll let that sink in. You can have a think about that for a minute. And in case he's listening, Mr. Andrew Fearon, we thank you for your words of wisdom to us. So these dreams that are going to get unlocked, that's what God is looking to do this morning among us. This God who you can't trust to pour the cream, this God of absolute abundance who wants to bring life to Ashford in a way that honestly we can probably barely imagine even what that looks like. And he says, I want you to start imagining what it looks like. Can you imagine this life that is nothing missing and nothing broken from every life you meet? There is wholeness. There is completeness. This is God's aim. That's not what we're seeing at the moment. We're in a war zone. There is no hunger, there is no jealousy, no inferiority issues. There's no impatience. We are full of kindness. There's no shame. Can you imagine what your life would look like if you have felt no shame? People are full of identity, absolutely assured of who they are. They know they are loved. People we meet become full of purpose. This is, this is as people look in on the church... This is what they should see. It's this stuff. And this is our job then, if you like, our, the family business is to take this out into Ashford. The lovely thing is that anyone can help with this to some degree. Anyone can help with this, even if they have never said any kind of yes to Jesus. They can still help with this. They can still become a part of it. But the thing is, while people who don't know Jesus can help they can help get rid of loneliness and they can help feed people who are hungry and all those things, all the things that God would say, well, of course I want those things for people's lives. You know, people who don't know him can bring things to a certain extent. However, we can bring things that unlock moments. We can do that. We can see someone who has been struggling with a health issue for 10 years, changed in a moment. Medics can't do that. I love medicine. I, 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 I really respect medics. and It's brilliant. I love what they do. But we have something else available. It doesn't mean instead of. I'm not saying stop taking medicines, don't go to the doctors. I'm not saying that. That's just daft. God, God provides the doctors too. But he also provides a moment. 
and he wants to provide some moments. He wants to provide more and more moments. He wants to provide crazy checks in the mail that come and help people to get out of poverty. He wants to provide jobs for people. He wants to help people understand their identity and say, stop looking inside yourself to find your identity. You're only going to get confused. You need to look outside yourself to me. Then you'll know your identity. Oh, wow, that was better than that. You need to hear that again. You don't look inside yourself to find your identity. I don't know about you, the more time I spend on my own looking in a, looking in a metaphorical mirror, it's the quickest way to get depressed. And it really doesn't always tell me much about myself. Don't get me wrong, I like spending time by myself. But there's a time by myself, I'm never actually by myself. I'm with the Father, that's who I'm with. Holy Spirit's there with me. So I'm never actually by myself. If I kind of shut those off and just spend loads of time thinking, oh my goodness, it's depressing. But this is the point. This is, the, this is what we have to offer. There are so many people out there who have no idea what they are. They have no idea what to identify themselves as. They don't know what to do with their gender. They don't know what to do with all kinds of feelings that they're having. They, they're just stuck. I don't know what to do. I just keep looking inside myself. And, and what do I discover? More confusion. Well, of course, because our identity was never meant to be discovered from looking inside, it was meant to be discovered from looking outside and saying, God, who am I? I am who you say I am. I'm not who I am, who the culture says I am. I am how I feel. I mean, thank goodness we're not how we feel, right? Because I don't know about you, I have some, I have some bad days and it's not, I, I don't want to be like I feel on some of those days or in those moments. I am who you say I am. I'm who you say I am. Always I am who you say I am. Oh God, I just feel, I feel like I'm just not making a difference. God says, what? No, you're my son. Oh my word, no, Chris. You have sent ripples. You have done this. You have done that. Oh God, I just feel like I'm worthless. Worthless? No, you're my son. Jesus died for you. I bought you at a price. You are one of the most precious things to me in the entire world. God, I don't really know who I am. I've been on every Buddhist reflection camp I can think of, but I just don't know who I am. And he says, I know who you are. I knew who you are before you were even born. I knitted you together in your mother's womb. I know everything about you. Just ask me. If you don't know who you are, just ask me. Stop asking yourself. You'll just get confused. It's like feedback. It just goes round in circles. So this is the family business. We have every single tool at our disposal, every tool we could need. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have power. We have authority. The question is this, what are we actually doing about it? Are we actually working in the family business? Because turning up at church isn't the family business. It's a good thing to do. Even the concept of turning up at church, what does that even mean? It's a weird thing, isn't it? turning up at church. And honestly, if anyone thinks this is the family business, oh my word. <laughs> I was speaking to Dave and Laura, oh Dave yesterday, um, Laura wasn't there, um, about them, um, obviously they're going off, some of you may have not known, but they're going off to plant um, a church next January, um, which is really exciting. And I said, that we were just chatting in the car and I said, do you know how you're going to start? No, we need to have a bit of a conversation about, you know, we've got a few ideas and whatever. And um, I said, wouldn't it be amazing if you started 
I can say where, can't I, right? Yeah, my people must say. I can, I can start Dover Vineyard. Isn't it amazing if I could start, if you started Dover Vineyard by just doing healing on the street? That's how you start. I said it will put off pretty much every Christian. <laughs> Who are like, well, I want a Sunday morning. Where's my Sunday morning? Wrong church. Jog on. We're here for the lost. We're here for the broken. We're here not for the well. You appear well. Go to, don't just go to another church. We're here for the sick. We're here for the people who don't know Jesus. What an amazing start to it. I tell you, if Nick and I were to ever plant again, that's where we'd go. We'd rock up in a city. The first thing we'd do, we'd do is apply to the council and say, we're starting healing on the streets. And then anyone who comes and says, oh, I want to be a part of X Vineyard, you say, great, we're doing healing on the streets. Come along. That's, that, that would, well, that would sort some people out, wouldn't it? I need a rotor. <laughs> no, you don't. Just turn up. It's okay. Just turn up. We're just going to start praying for some people. I don't think I really know how. Come and learn. Let's do this thing together. I know you're all excited. I can see the um, church suite has been overwhelmed with people signing up for Healing on the Street. Um, so thank you to all nine of you so far. <laughs> Next week, we, are, we have got some people at the door who are going to have some clipboards, and then we have some people outside on walkie-talkies ready to let some tyres down. <laughs> uh, no, you can leave that car. They've said yes. They've said yes. Back off from that car. We've got to know. We've got to know. Let them down. Um, because honestly, if we are serious about bringing the kingdom, then we have got to face the fears and we have got to get out there. Do you know how healing on the street starts? Every time when you go out, you set up a couple of chairs and whatever, put up a banner, all that stuff, play a little bit of music quite quietly. And do you know what you then do? You all kneel in a circle and ask the Holy Spirit to come. And if that doesn't terrify you, then good for you. If I feel like I'm confirming what everyone thinks of me by kneeling down and doing that. But you know what? I don't care because I want to do it anyway. We've got to want to do it anyway. If you don't want to do it anyway, why are you here? This is the stuff we're supposed to be doing. This, is the, this isn't the only thing we're supposed to be doing, but we are supposed to be bringing the Holy Spirit daily into situations that unlock them and cause things to change. This is what we're supposed to be doing. So if you're listening to that and thinking, well, I don't want to do that, genuinely, why do you come? If you just like a good sing-song, save yourself the trouble, buy an album and listen at home. I know it's really blunt, right? I was talking to, um, I was talking to another vineyard, I won't say where, and I, I was talking to him all about this, and he said, we are at the point of closing at least half the Sundays because we have got to get people doing what they're supposed to be doing. I said, wow, yeah. Every single problem that Ashford has, has a solution. Let me say that again. Every single problem that you see in Ashford has a solution. And God has phenomenal wisdom, right? I don't think any of us would question that there's anything we could say to God. God, how do we solve the problem of teenage pregnancies? And God goes, don't know. Gabriel, any ideas? Don't look at me. I'll just do as I'm told. You know, like, they're just having a little chat around heaven. Jesus, any thoughts? 
No. No, 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 I'm sorry. Thanks for your prayer, but um, no. We're out up here. No, no way. Well, we, the, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And, it, the, it is, and he, he says in the book of James, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, just ask. So that means, right, that we'll include other churches in this as well. But basically, if you have said yes to Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. That means right now you have access to the person who knows how to solve every single situation that you encounter in your day to day. Right now, you can just ask. But then the thing is, you have then got to do something with that. Some of us here, you honestly need to give up your jobs and find better ones. Some of you do. Some of you need to get more money and give more money to fund the transformation of lives. That's what some of you need to do. Some of you need to raise teams up that will bring transformation and stop doing things on your own. Some of you here would need to go and plant some churches and start with healing on the street and nail your colours to the mast of this is what we are here to do. Some of you need to cancel your Netflix subscription. Some of you need to stop trying so hard to be perfect. Some of you need to stop trying to prove to others that you're worth something. You don't need to prove your worth to anyone. Your worth has been given to you and you are phenomenally precious. And no one can take that away from you. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. And some of you need to listen to the dream that's burning on the inside of you and stop putting it off. Because, let me ask you this question, that dream you have on the inside of you, if you don't do it, who's going to? Becca has way more of a dream for the beehive than we heard this morning. There's loads more layers to it. There's loads more. My question to Becca is, if you don't do it, who's going to do it? That dream that's burning on the inside of you, that thing that you would love to do, if you don't do it, who do you think's going to? I love this. This was a link. Did anyone see um, Duchess of Sussex? Um, did you see her when she was writing messages on bananas this week? Did anyone see that? She was writing, right, you are loved, you are strong, you are this, that, and the other. So I was quite intrigued by this. So um, I watched the kind of 16-second clip and then read around. And it's a project called 125 down in Bristol. Does anyone know anything about it? Anyone? No, no, okay. I clicked through anyway and found out a bit more. And then went to their website, then went to the About Us page. I thought, I smell someone who knows God as father in this project. <laughs> So I sniffed around until I found what I was looking for. 125 started in May 1995 as a result of concerns from local agencies and churches about the health and well-being of female street sex workers in Bristol. In September 95, 125 secured a drop-in facility one afternoon per week at the Salvation Army's Candle Project. I went, there it is. Lower Ashley Road. It was initiated by Val Geel who led a small but dedicated group of like-minded people in developing the work of forming supportive relationships with the women. In January 96, that's four months later, the drop-in moved to a new temporary home in the basement of 125 Cheltenham Road. Around this time, a consultative group was formed with representatives from relevant agencies such as Bristol Drugs Project and the BRI Sexual Health Clinic. A management team was formed and Val took on the role of project manager. 
In July 96, this is 10 months in, a van was donated, which enabled us to start evening outreach on the streets. This greatly increased the opportunity for effective contact with the women, and this service remains at the core of our ongoing work. 125 was supported at this time by 18 volunteers. On the 14th of May, 1997, 125 became a registered charity and also moved to occupy its present site at 138A Grosvenor Road, which had facilities for a larger drop-in area, plus offices for the increasing number of staff, including our first caseworker in 2000. In 2005, the building, which was previously rented, was given outright to the project by Bristol Christian Fellowship. Loving this. In 2009, we opened an addiction treatment mother and baby home, Naomi House. After three years, we were forced to close this service through lack of funding. In this time, we supported 18 families to address the mother's life-controlling issues, increase her parenting skills, and enable families to stay safely and healthily together. Thanks to the amazing courage of our service users, the tireless support from our volunteers and supporters, and our staff's passionate commitment, in the last five years, 125 has won six awards for our work. They are GlaxoSmithKline Impact Award and, and Guardian Small Charity Award, and so it goes on and so it goes on. Our Chief Executive Officer won an MBE for her work in 2015. We now employ around 30 full or part-time staff and are supported by over 120 volunteers who provide holistic services to meet each woman in accordance with her individual need. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. And it started with one woman, Val Giel, rising up and saying, this is not all right. I've got a dream. This doesn't have to stay like this. I've got no van. I've got no money. I've got no premises. And God says, we'll do it anyway. Let's do this anyway. You'll see. I'll come through. You think this dream is in your heart. Believe me, it started in mine. And there are dreams that some of you have here this morning. You need to do something with them. And God wants to unlock them. We have an overcrowded A&E. What are we going to do about that in this room? I know what we can do. We can go and moan that we had to sit there for five hours. No, that's what everyone else does. We have the mind of Christ. We have, his, we have the wisdom of God. We have all the resources of heaven. If you said to God, God, we've got an overcrowded A&E, what's he going to do? Go, don't, don't really know what to say. Sorry, Chris. It's just cuts, cutbacks. Cutbacks, isn't it? The number one killer of teenagers in the UK is suicide. That's wrong. Absolutely wrong. How many more people in Ashford are going to end their life by getting on one of the bridges and jumping off it, because things have got that bad. We probably have some of the answers in this room right now, today. Illiteracy in children, so many physical ailments. You hardly meet someone who hasn't got a physical ailment. So many people struggling with their gender and identity. Let me give you some stats on teenagers. One in seven of them self-harm. And that is considered to be a conservative estimate. One in seven. What are we doing about it? 
What dream have you got on the inside of you that says, this is not all right. I am going to rise up and see this situation changed. Or it just all feels like a lot of effort. And I need my job because I need the money. And well, we've committed ourselves. I've got a great idea. Move to a cheaper house. That's radical, right? Just move to a cheaper house. And then it reduces your overheads. And then you can do the dream that's on the inside of you. Don't make excuses for not doing the dream that's on the inside of you. Because if you don't do it, who's going to do it? If you don't do it, who's going to do it? The rut that you've carved in your life is behind you. It's not ahead of you. Let me say that again. The rut that you've carved in your life is behind you. It's not ahead of you. God has made the, the, the plane level. Leveled it off. You don't have to keep going in that relentless, monotonous, straight line. I don't know whether any of you saw on the news. I was flabbergasted and shows how out of touch I must be. Did anyone see when they, a um, couple of weeks, um, 10 days ago, when they had uh, total gridlock in Birmingham for three hours, three and a half hours, and it was because an influencer was there. His name's James Charles. Yes, he's male. And yes, he's known and followed by 14 million people because he does makeup. Now, I'm not particularly going to comment on that right now. I have got a lot of things I could say. But I have got this to say. I think we can provide better role models, can't we? We've got 14 million people following a guy because he comments on makeup. 14 million? This isn't just a few. And when you find that on the news, you see there's a, film, there's a little film clip and it pans round and the Ball Ring shopping centre brought the whole city centre to gridlock for three hours. People have turned up to see a self-styled influencer. What are we going to do about that? It's not an anti-James Charles thing. It's got nothing to do with James Charles. It's wake up. Come on. The dreams on the inside of us to transform Ashford and to take that out around the UK. And the answers are right now, lying in this room, in here. What are we going to do about it? This is the family business. The family business is not sedentary. It's adventure. You can have safety or you can have adventure, but you can't have both. You can have safety or you can have adventure, but you can't have both. So let's stand. I'm going to pray for us. One of the things we would love to do at Asher Vineyard is raise a team of people. I'm just making up a name on the spot. We'll call them the dream shapers. I don't even know what that means. But anyway, and basically we have a team of entrepreneur people with all kinds of business experience and, and knowledge of charities and funding and all kinds of things. And you say, I've got a dream. They say, go to the dream shapers. They will help you. And they sit with you and they talk you through your dream. They ask God for more wisdom. And let's start to shape this thing. Let's make it a reality. Wouldn't it be brilliant if actually we had to get funding in to pay for those people full time because so many ideas are coming forward? Wouldn't that be just incredible? That we become a launch hub for so many charities, whatever you want to call it, that go out there and bring transformation. 
This is the family business. This is our job. If you want to go after it, then start moving towards it. If you don't want to go after it, you're probably in the wrong building. So Father, right now, I fan into flame. We just blow that fire. We blow underneath like the, the hearth. And we pray that the wind will go up through these flames and embers that are in people will reignite. That there will be life comes back into that fire. That things can then be thrown on that fire and consumed. That problems and challenges in our wonderful town can be thrown on that fire and be consumed because life replaces where death is and hope replaces despair. Encourage you, just all, all maybe put your hands on your tummies, stick to your own tummies. It's weird if not, but just put your hands on your tummy. I want to pray for you. Father, we pray for the dreams that you've put on the inside of us. We pray they will bubble up, rise up. I pray for courage for people. They will have the courage to follow that dream and they know that that is the thing that they were put on the earth to do. So we pray for that boldness for people, that people say, I have no idea how I'm going to do this, but I'm going after this thing. Just more Holy Spirit. Also, we want to, as always, we want to give the opportunity for anyone who has not said yes to Jesus. If you love the sound of this family and the family business, I encourage you, say yes. Come and find me at the end. We'll pray together and you can say yes. So I want to be in this. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.